This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're going to talk about internet browsers and our privacy. And with us to discuss this really important topic is Jeff Berman. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. We really appreciate it. How are it's you today? Just, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Well, now, Jeff, you're the founder and the CEO of Cocoon, and we're going to talk about that, but your background didn't come out of being a, a programmer or a, a techie uh, years ago. You had a very successful career in real estate, and then you turned to Cocoon. It's a very interesting background, but before I, I get into Cocoon, let me, let me try this out on you. In Roman mythology, Janus was the god of doors and gates and transitions. And so Janus represented sort of the middle ground between uh, life and death, between beginning and end, uh, war and peace. And so he had to have two faces. And I wonder if you'd agree with me, Jeff, that widely used uh, browsers on the internet are really like Janus. They're browsing for us and they look at the riches of the internet for us but they're also browsing us and they're watching and recording what we do on computers and devices. Do, do I have it basically right? You do. I mean, that's basically what the browsers, um, search engines, search is a little different. They, they really work on keywords, but your browser actually knows where you're going, what you're looking at, and then collects that data. Right. And, uh, you know, what you pause on and if you're looking at cars to buy, uh, how long you spend looking at one versus the other, they, they, they clock all that into their database uh, in general, correct? Correct. I mean, they're working on uh, not having what they call cookies. Now, a cookie is, is something's placed on your computer for a period of time um, so that they know you went there uh, and the advertiser knows you went there. Uh, and, and Google is changing its policy, but believe me, in the in the bottom line of privacy, basically the, the web works on, not on privacy, it works on collecting data and selling it. Yeah, it's basically it an advertising monetize. model for monetization. It doesn't charge you to browse, it seems free, right? But, uh, but right, it well, has to make money somehow, and that's how yeah. it does it. Well, we like to say in the industry that uh, uh, if it's free, you're the product. You're the product, and our data becomes the product that they Correct. acquire and then resell. Uh, and, uh, you know, reputable companies do it for reputable purposes, selling to advertisers and so on. Absolutely. Let's, let's talk about some of the top ones. Now, Google, as you mentioned, uh, has Chrome. That's its product. And that has almost two-thirds of the uh, worldwide web uh, uh, browser usage, uh, according to what I've seen. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I think it's one and a half to two billion people. Earth, uh, China has its own, uh, but Chrome is by far the biggest. Okay. And just as you look at Chrome, uh, I, I realize it's changing and privacy is becoming more important to companies beyond what the law is doing about it. But, uh, you know, what are the privacy concerns if uh, someone just uses Chrome and doesn't change the settings or anything else? What are, what are the privacy issues? So all the data that all the all the browsing data that you um, collect or you you search for uh, is, is so to speak recorded by Chrome or by the other browsers with the exception of a couple. In, in Google's world, it isn't actually sold. It's actually given to advertisers that will advertise to you. So you see those ads that pop up and 
not only is, is that data though being collected, it's also, uh, and in a lot of places, when you go to a website, uh, let's take Shazam on mobile. So Shazam collects all that data and you're getting the product for free. Actually, what's going on behind the scenes is everything that you listen to, everything that's going on on your phone. So all the apps, they can record all the apps. They can record the longitude, latitude, where you're driving, and they sell all that data to, uh, to companies such as hedge funds and institutions, uh, hospitals, virtually all types of companies are buying that data. That's what we call big data. And, um, and your privacy um, is, is not there. Now, they don't necessarily send your name and your address. They hash what they call hash that. But even with hashing, they can match that at least data up with other data they've collected and have a pretty good picture without your name, a pretty good picture of who you are. Right, and let's take Apple's uh, Safari. Uh, similar to uh, uh, Chrome, or is it any real difference uh, from a privacy? No, there, yeah, there is a real difference in privacy. I don't know exactly the privacy policies of Safari. Uh, they're, they're not a particularly a big player in the market, um, but they are more private. I don't know their total privacy policies. I do know mobile-wise, uh, which is iOS. So they're coming out very shortly and forcing users or forcing the companies, I should say, to letting the customer know that they're going to sell that data or they're taking that data and the customer has the right to say no. Now, what the final results of that is, I, I don't really know. I don't know if that means users are going to say no thanks, but I want to use your product and they're forced to using it. I, I it's going to be a little different outcome coming. We'll up. find out. I'm sure the California law in part is driving that to be be more transparent about how data is being used, and 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 that's understood. And then uh, before I go on to other browsers, uh, what if you browse incognito? It's called different things on different browsers. Does that mean that uh, the browser's not watching what you're doing? Nope, browser's watching what you're doing. The only only thing that's not watching you is whatever is at home. It's not being shown on your uh, on your browser and your history. That's being wiped away. Never was there. But everything else that you're doing incognito, it's only incognito to that. What's on that screen? What was right. Recorded. So if somebody, uh, if you lose your computer and somebody, uh, uh, the thief uh, takes a look at it, they, they wouldn't see it in by clicking on history. Is what you're Correct. saying, but but the browser, whatever you've used, still would have that information. And Absolutely. then there are there are a host of other browsers. Microsoft has Edge, which is uh, the old Internet Explorer, and then you have Firefox, kind of a nonprofit effort. Uh, you have Samsung Internet, Opera, Brave, you know, all these things coming out, uh, and, and some claim to be much more privacy centered than uh, Chrome or or Safari. And how how do they how do they make those claims? What do they do different that makes it more privacy-centered? So I'm not sure about uh, Firefox. I really haven't studied their, their current product. But Brave, for instance, uh, what they do is there's, there's two ways of getting to a site. One of it is uh, HTTP, which means it's the, 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 everybody can see that. But an HTTPS, uh, who can't see that? Brave can't see where you're going. 
Um, so it's encrypted to, to the site. But it's not truly encrypted because my understanding, the packets that are going back and forth between your computer could be seen by your ISP. So it's not foolproof. It's better, and it's better privacy. And the company that's that you're on, they can't see who you are. And the only way they can advertise to you, they can they can take a shot of advertising to you, whatever they want. But to really know what you're looking for, Brave has a program that makes you pay in Bitcoin. Uh, or makes the company, I should say, pay the customer in Bitcoin for advertising. So, so for the instance, customer may not know uh, who you are because, in part, the uh, the uh, address has been encrypted. Uh, so you, you, it's more of an anonymous way. Of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, Very much anonymous, but not foolproof in that the ISPs can't see where you're going because the 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 packet, which little things sending back and forth, that it, that's not encrypted. But it's it's so the the it isn't I'll say to the point where the uh, where the advertiser doesn't know who you are. Okay, and then we won't talk about it today. But then there's of course Tor T O R, which people can use and uh, in essence aren't using their own uh, at least they don't believe they are using their own web uh, address to get there, and it's used by. Um, people to get onto the dark web and so on, different different set of issues. So let me turn to Cocoon. Now, when did you start Cocoon? So I started Cocoon nine years ago. And what, you, of, what, what, what led you to do that? What was going on? You know, I, I, I was so annoyed with people following me on the web, just as we just kind of talked about, no privacy. Didn't really understand what all that meant because I didn't understand what they were doing with the data. Mm -hmm. And it's not horrible what they do with the data. I mean, it's, you know, it's mostly for advertising. Um, but I was disturbed by the whole thing. So I just kind of sat down and said, can we build a better internet? And I, I partnered up with, a, he was my co-founder with a guy named Brian Fox, who's probably one of the leading technologists in Santa Barbara. And we built Cocoon, which was a private and secure browser, meaning that, uh, that when you come from from your co computer to our servers it's encrypted so isps can't see what you're looking at we can't see what you're looking at frankly no one can see what you're looking at your isp is hidden and we put out a, a pretty fancy proxy i uh ip address being ours and not yours okay so that so that, that's more of an anonymous browsing rather than call it private browsing, right. big, different. big difference though, isn't it? Oh, pr private browsing, you know, there's some there's a lot of limits to private browsing. I would say Cocoon as a secure browser is probably one of the more sophisticated ones. Now, I, I warn people, I don't want you going to jump over there. We've hidden Cocoon for the moment as we've been working on this new facet and we pivoted uh, over to, um, paying people for their data. So well, let's talk about that in a minute because that's fascinating sure. your uh, your pivot that's going on. But let me let me just so so the our listeners are clear. Is Cocoon an add-on for a brow other browsers or is it its own browser? How do, how which is it? No, it's it's uh, the best way of describing it's built off of Firefox um, okay. but it's its own browser. So it's a what I would call a very fancy extension you would but you would not recognize it. Like you don't go to Firefox and then download Cocoon. You'd actually you go, go to Cocoon, Cocoon. Okay. and you download Cocoon, 
as its own its own browser. It's built off of the Firefox platform. And that's an open Firefox. source platform, am I right? Correct, so, correct. So it's so using it, open it, source where people understand what that is, but it then creates its own uh, browser. Right, so the, the theory of open source was uh, when it really got started, um, we were to the point where uh, things were given back by developers and that became an open source where anybody could use that. You could add things for your specialty if you wanted and your, your obligation was to give something back in open source. Yeah, okay. And just before we get into the monetization question, quite a fascinating one. Does it protect uh, the user from virus and malware to any extent? Ours does. We run, a, we run an antivirus solution. So before you hit that virus, it would protect you. So that's part of what you're getting if you, if you do this without buying your own uh, virus or malware right. protection. Right. Okay. But then you mentioned the pivot. So what happened in that? Of course, businesses have to make money uh, somehow. Even nonprofit businesses have to make money. So uh, t tell us about the pivot. So the pivot. You know, we we honestly we struggled with Cocoon because we couldn't. It's such a great product, but we couldn't figure out how to advertise. I think Brave made a help solve that problem by no ads. Uh, and we were looking for a way that advertisers could give you ads, but in the end, the advertisers were like, no, your system's too good. We don't know anything about these people and we can't serve them ads. So we had a monetary issue. I love the idea of Cocoon giving you this privacy and security. Um, however, I also realized that, well, a lot of people, they don't really care. I mean, it's, more prevalent in the United States and Europe, but a lot of people don't care about their privacy. They have none. They don't expect to get privacy. If you asked them on the street, they would tell you, I don't, I don't care. I have friends that tell me they don't care about their privacy on the web. And well, frankly, there are others who say privacy's gone anyway, so get over yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it pretty much has. I mean, well, with all the people on Chrome and there's no real privacy there. You, they're they're kind of right. I mean, there is very little privacy out there, and you got to work to find the browser that will give you that privacy. So, not an easy, you know, not an easy deal. So, I decided, well, maybe we should flip this around on the big boys, and maybe we can build a browser and an app that will pay you for your data. So, at least you don't feel like I'm just giving it away. Somebody is just taking it, and I'm just the product. At least now. I can turn around and take your data, providing you know you're, you're truthful. Um, meaning that there are people who try and fake this and have set up bots and all types of things to try and get paid for data they're really not searching so for. So it's uh, really using a kind of a revenue sharing approach with some of the revenue coming back to the actual person whose data is being shared for advertising or whatever other purpose. Sure, our, and our goal is. Uh, is a 70 to 80% to the user and a much smaller percentage to us. Now, everybody's got to recognize that if we can't build a business out of this, then this whole idea of paying people for their data, even as small as it is today, will not survive and it will be killed off by the Googles and, uh, and the big boys. And I can tell you, Google wasn't happy when I launched it. Uh, within an hour, they had shut me down from advertising so that meant there were a number of platforms that I couldn't use to advertise, figuring they would stifle me. 
it hasn't really stifled me. I found other ways around that, but they don't like what we're doing. That's for sure. Well, and we'll see how uh, the federal government and states certainly are more and more into the act about making people aware that the uh, data has value. And uh, rather than just giving it away, maybe a user should expect to get something back in return. So good, best wishes on, on that aspect. Let me, let me talk a little bit about some of the privacy elements that you haven't mentioned so far. Uh, what uh, Mail slots, what are mail slots uh, in your business? Well, mail slots is, was a, was a, a idea that we had, uh, which we no longer use. And I had, to, I had to shake my memory here for a minute. That was the idea that if you went shopping, uh, 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 somebody could send something back to you and it would not get to your, uh, not get to your regular um, inbox. It would go to Cocoon's inbox, which was once again, IP protected. A little like what password managers do. Yeah. Or yeah. temporary email addresses, that sort of right. thing. But that yeah. thing, uh, you, you've surpassed that now at the way you've already described. Yeah, I mean, we decided that actually didn't work very well, so we ended mail slots. And now if you do have the Cocoon secure browser, um, you'll get the privacy and security. Uh, and we will plan on bringing it back. We have it in hiatus right now. Um, we're looking for a way to, to make to monetize that as well. Right. And I think without, in this case, it would not be a share because that would give away somebody's ID and I, and I don't want to do that. So the Cocoon right. Secure would be, we might be making money off of your keywords, but never your identity. Actually uh, without identity. So it's anonymized data that is of real value to society. And, uh, right, but it's, and it's then, of keyword. Course, yeah. Keyword, keyword rather than uh, by your personal identity. You know? Correct. And then by your very name, it, what happens is you're, what you're doing in browsing uh, is within the cocoon, cocoon. So Correct. the protection you've created. And then where's the data? I think it's, uh, as I understand, it's all stored in, in your cloud, cocoon's cloud. Yeah. So we built it. And this is why I would say we're superior to most browsing things. Most most browsers will show your history, cookies, everything uh, on your computer. And what we did was we built a cloud so that this data would not be ever on your computer, uh, but would be stored in, a, in your own separate cloud. And so when you go to erase it, it's basically gone. There is no recovery of it. So you could set your settings to, I don't want to keep any history, and there is none. As for us protecting you, um, you know, it's possible somebody could hack in. That's always possible. Never, ever Hacking say. Hacking is possible with anybody. Yeah. yeah. Don't ever say that it's, you're, it's hack proof. It's just probably not true. Yeah. But it's, it's secure. And the only way that someone would know what you're looking at is through brute force of your password. So if you set right. an easy password, well, then somebody could figure it out. If you served a heavy password, we can't. We just can't see what you're, what you're doing. We can see all the sites that people are going to, right. but we don't know how to connect the dots without, uh, without you logging in. Then it's possible that somebody could, you know, wiretap somebody if they had a warrant. We we would not allow anybody to do that. Well, a lot a of this is up to each of us, isn't it? If we want to protect our own privacy. Yeah. Yeah, it's don't, a great. Don't use one, two, three, four as your password. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell I'll tell my wife not to do that again. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Tell her not to write it down on the uh, on the refrigerator. Yeah. Uh, we're guessing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Good idea. And then just one uh, one last point, and we'll get uh, towards the end here. Um, what happens to a search history if somebody signs up to get some funds back uh, from uh, the revenue, uh, and but then the user decides to close out of Cocoon for whatever reason, try something new, or just go completely off the web, whatever? How, how do you how do you manage that? So we have a policy six months. If you're not using the product, um, then we erase you. Uh, we erase all your data. Um, if you decide you don't want to use this anymore, you just you can eliminate all your history. This is for secure, Cocoon Secure. You can eliminate all your history and there's nothing left on our servers. Uh, and if you're using Cocoon MDR, our policy, is that we would stop recording whatever you're doing. If you ask us to erase everything or send everything back to you, we would do that under the CCP rules and uh, the European rules. Um, so we guard your, I mean, we're still in the privacy. We just think, hey, you should have the right to sell it if, you know, instead of somebody else selling the data, but we're still big fans of privacy. Yeah, and MDR, as you mentioned, stands for what? My data rewards. That's so, the monetization, the, that's the monetization, sharing the so, revenue part of it. Right. So we don't have it for Android at this point. We don't have it for iOS yet. It's doing really well, and it seems to be pretty getting pretty popular. And yeah, you'll. And I mean, the thing is, it's going to take time for us to grow it and to sell. The plan is to sell that data over and over again, so that you make most of the money. Once again, we're only taking a small portion of this, and the user could make money. So for instance, a truck driver, just to give you an example, they do a lot of driving and that location information is recorded and the truck driver could possibly make anywhere from 15 to $30 a month just from driving their truck, doing absolutely nothing but just driving the truck and leaving our app on. Yeah, and there certainly are uh, companies who want to, they want geolocation data. They don't really know if Ralph or Sally is driving the truck. So there are legitimate reasons to uh, to they pay love something for, the, geolocation for that data. information. Right, exactly. Because they can tell, you know, if, if they get geolocation, they can see, hey, I went to Walmart, you know, 12 times or I went somewhere else. And that's that's important to a lot of data collectors to say, oh, well, this person likes those kinds of stores. And I would think when you we're, we're recording this in the middle of, well, maybe towards the end, we hope, of the pandemic that's been raging and and you know, it's important to collect uh, medical data on a, but it's very sensitive information. People don't want to share it, but if people were confident that they were sharing it in a way that didn't expose them to uh, individual scrutiny, they'd be more likely to do it. And in a way, that's what you're doing with browsing, if I understand yeah, it. Right. right, but we don't, just to be clear to your audience, we don't monetize, we don't collect or monetize any financial uh, medical or personal information. So that would be like your name, uh, your home address. And right. we don't collect any of that. We don't collect any medical or physical, or excuse me, uh, financial information, uh, hate speech, uh, gun sites. We just don't collect any of that data. Very good. Well, it's clear what you're doing, and uh, it's just refreshing to see somebody who came out of a very different business background that started by saying, wait a minute, when I browse, I'm being looked at too, 
and maybe I can create a little better way of doing this. So Jeff, it's been a great pleasure to talk with you. Any last words to our listeners? Uh, well, if you get a chance, there's there's two things going on. One, if you have an Android, give Cocoon uh, MDR uh, uh, a shot. And uh, the other is we're going to have a crowdfunding. If you're interested in investing in our company, we're going to have a crowdfunding event uh, in uh, probably 30 to 40 days. So stay tuned for that. We'll let you know. Okay. Well, uh, Data Privacy Detective doesn't endorse any product and certainly isn't promoting anybody's uh, crowdfunding. But uh, crowdfunding is another way that people can do what they never were able to do before we yep. had the new technology. And uh, best for wishes. Sure. To I you. love the crowd. I love the crowdfunding. I'll, I'll plug it because it gives. Once again, what we're trying to do is give the ordinary citizen some cash back for their data. I feel it's the same way about crowdfunding where it allows a non-accredited investor, and we don't want you to you know, go take money that you really need to live on and invest it in something and the government tries to prevent that. But I like the idea that you, know, you can invest early on and maybe you get the big hit on some company that you really thought was a great one. Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us. And I'll close as I always do. Remember, protecting your personal privacy begins with you.